Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September of 2020. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Sarah Mann coaches women on building their executive presence and engaging more intentionally with their networks to build social capital and increase their leadership capacity. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Ed. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. We're all uh, quarantined, I'm sure, at our respective homes. Yep, we sure are. This is, I think, taking another type of bravery, which is you know, working with <laughs> family members at home all of the time. Yep, exactly. Hopefully we won't get interrupted. I hope we, I don't think we will. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So uh, left college and went to work like many folks do and uh, started in high tech in human resources and had a couple of human resources roles. And then I pivoted a little bit, took a left turn, and I went to work for a marketing organization. And I was with the marketing organization for about 10 years. We were uh, running consumer promotions for brands that were targeting 12 to 24-year-olds, which was just a really fun and exciting place to be. And so while there, I held multiple roles in uh, marketing and operations and then ultimately moved back to HR and held a couple of more HR roles in large organizations before I left and started my own business, coaching leaders, as you've just just introduced me. So as people tell their stories, Sarah, I always try to identify if there were moments of bravery. And I'm just wondering if that pivot you made to that marketing firm, was that an act of bravery or was it just uh, something that you thought would be a great idea and decided to do? I mean, what was the catalyst to that pivot? Uh, that's a, I haven't thought about that transition in such a long time. That's a great question. That's what happens when you get interviewed. You get all these crazy questions. I had been working for a company that I loved and had been there for several years, really wonderful company. And there was a change in leadership. Uh, My boss had been laid off and I decided that I did not want to, uh, I just felt like it was a good time to, to leave and try something different. So I did go and work for this marketing organization. So I went from a really large, well-established organization, which was not quite global at that time, but just putting their foot into the UK market uh, to a small six-person agency. And so that in and of itself was a really uh, interesting transition. And I remember on my first day talking to one of the owners who was training me and onboarding me, and he's throwing around all of these marketing terms, and I didn't understand half of them. So it was really 
and it was in retrospect, it's really interesting to think there's that stress of being in a new job. You don't know the ropes, you don't know the people, you're getting up to speed. And I was moving from HR into marketing and there's this whole body of knowledge that I didn't know. So I don't think at the time it was intentional on my part by any means. That being said, it really was such a wonderful experience and such a wonderful learning opportunity. And when I reflect back on my career, what I realize is that every move that I have made felt like a stretch. And so every new role felt like it required some, some type of bravery, whether I was consciously thinking of it that way or not. Yeah, you may not have been saying to yourself, hey, I'm going to be brave and make this move. But with uh, lots of other folks, when they think about bravery, it's as they think back to the event, they realize uh, later yeah. that, it that it required a certain degree of bravery and courage to take that step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sarah, when you think about the word bravery and you think about bravery in the workplace, you know, what words or phrases come to mind for you? The word that most often comes to mind for me, Ed, is courage. And I think about that in terms of when you see people in organizations, particularly in the time that we're in right now, really requiring organ, uh, leaders within organizations to be brave and be courageous and lead during times of uncertainty. And I'm sure in many organizations, they don't always have the answers. They do not necessarily see a clear path to the future. And so it's that that courage and leading in the face of uncertainty and being strong and vulnerable, uh, even if maybe you don't have all the answers. So when I think about bravery in the workplace, that's the image that really comes to mind for me, particularly given, given our current uh, economic environment. Yeah, when you think about the fact that the world is quarantined mm -hmm. and that that this has never, ever happened before, it probably does take bravery on the part of leaders to do things that they typically would not have done before or hadn't even thought about before, but feel a compelling need to do, even if they've never done it before. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's an interesting time to be in leadership. And I suspect that within organizations. And if I think about some of the organizations that I work with or some of the leaders that I work with, there's really a continuum. And some folks, middle to the far right of the continuum, demonstrating a ton of bravery and just jumping right in with both feet, even if they're not 100% sure about what they're doing or what the outcome is going to be. And then on the far left side of the continuum, people perhaps being frozen in place or not taking action or taking actions that worked really well in non-quarantine times, but maybe work less well in quarantine times or taking actions that maybe work better with when you have a team that's physically with you versus a team that's remote and you can't see every day. So I, I really think about it in, in, on this continuum. Yeah, and you used a word that other guests have used in the past, which I'm wondering if you could reflect on, which is vulnerability. When you think about bravery in the workplace, that almost in an inverse way, you need to be vulnerable. Mm. What, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? 
Vulnerability is something I have been thinking a lot about over the last year in particular for myself personally. And I was definitely one of those people that saw vulnerability as a weakness and show your cards, don't want to show any kinks in the armor. And it's really been so interesting, my own journey to, to find that vulnerability is such a strength, can be such a strength, and that people really are drawn to leaders who are vulnerable. So I think a lot about it, and it's something that I'm continually working on for myself, is how can I be more vulnerable? How can I show more of myself to clients or on LinkedIn or wherever I'm showing up? Uh, So I think it's super important, and I think it makes people more relatable and more authentic and more true to themselves. And so... That's what I think about vulnerability, Ed. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is it makes people more human. No boss is perfect. No boss never makes errors, right? That you need to show people that from time to time you might not have chosen as wisely as you could have and admit it and learn from it and move on. Yeah, I think there's really something to be said for not only showing our humanness, but also having accepting our own humanness. So I'm one of those people, certainly I don't like to make mistakes and I have spent lots of time in my career beating myself up for mistakes I might've made. Join the club. Yeah. So, and, and I think that there's something, I guess what I've learned and continue to learn is the more I accept my own humanness, the more I can accept your humanness. And when I do that, it enables me to just show up with a lot more compassion. And I think we could use a lot more compassion in this world. So it's, it's definitely a journey, not a destination. Sarah, we ask all of our guests to share a story that they may have experienced regarding bravery in the workplace. Do you have a story to share with us? I do. My story is about leaving the workplace. <laughs> all right. We can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I was working in a large global organization in human resources, and I just got to the end of the line. How long had you been there? Uh, about eight and a half years. Okay. And you know, lots of reasons for for thinking that it might be time to leave. Primarily, the job had changed pretty significantly from what it used to be, and found that I wasn't necessarily doing the the majority of my time wasn't spent on doing things that I love to do or things that I think are my skills and that really add the most value to an organization. So. I decided that I would start my own business, consulting and coaching. And besides getting married, uh, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. And it was also, besides getting married, the best decision I've ever made. So getting married married was the scariest thing you've ever done or leaving your employer? Both. (laughs) Both. You know, listen, I love my husband, but. Yeah, never been married before. Didn't know what to expect. Though it's a little daunting to think about. Yeah, but yeah, leaving leaving the organization was that was was the scariest thing I've ever done. But it was a phenomenal decision, and I have not looked back. So, where does bravery do you think come into your story? Was it the day that you told your boss that you were going to be leaving? Was it in anticipation of that day? Was it after that day when you started on your own? Tell us a little bit more about you know where bravery really. Uh, you know, showed itself to you. So you might laugh, 
the first inflection for bravery, and again, I think about it in terms of courage, was uh, I sat down on the couch next to my husband with my laptop and shared a PowerPoint deck that I had created and said, I'd like to start my own business. This is what I want to do. This is what it's going to look like. Can you support me quitting my job? So that took a lot of courage. He mm, yeah. said, yes, I'm five years in business uh, this year. So, uh, and, and giving my notice was not scary. It was actually quite liberating. And it was afterwards. I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of things I'm qualified to do. I have a lot of things that I like to do. And all of a sudden I was out in the world with no big corporate brand name behind me. It was just me. And so despite how much I love networking and how good I am at networking, the dynamics had changed. And so now I was networking with the hopes of building relationships and finding people to buy services so that I could make make a living. And, uh, and that was scary in that moment to think that I had walked away from a solid, well-paying, stable job to, you know, to no, no guaranteed income stream. Well, I think many of our listeners would believe that that event required a ton of bravery in respect to leaving, as you described, a, you know, a recurringly paying activity to something that, you know, may or may not work. Right. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, people, for example, on my, from my perspective, give me credit where credit is not due in that when I left my last organization and transitioned to my own independent practice, it was due to a layoff. So I never planned to do what I'm doing today. I'd probably still be at that company if they had not uh, made that decision. I talked about that day where I was told my job was being eliminated. In yeah. that day, it was the worst day of my professional career absolutely the worst day of my professional career. 12 years later, and this is where you look back in reflection, uh, it was the best day of my professional career because it thrust me out in a new direction, which I had not anticipated being in and, uh, you know, created a whole new series and sets of opportunities that I not, you know, would not have had. Yeah. And, and I have had that experience also. And what's interesting is I'm listening to you, I'm realizing the parallel for me between when I was laid off and when I was actually 10 years, almost exactly 10 years from the time when I was laid off from a job to the time that I left a job to go do my own thing. And both of those situations required a lot of courage for really the same thing. In the first scenario, I was needing and wanting to find a job and gain employment. And in the second scenario, I was wanting to find employment, just being employed by me. Uh, and like you, I think that getting laid off while, and for anybody who's listening, who uh, may have recently been laid off for me, it was and it was a painful experience. I, I won't lie about that. And I will also say it was one of the most rewarding experiences personally and professionally. I, I had hard days without question. And I just came out of that experience so much stronger. And for anybody who's in transition right now, it does take a lot of courage and bravery to put yourself out there and, and position yourself to new employers and along with all of the some of the challenges and stressors that come along with that. For some folks, even networking is an act of bravery. You know, they just don't like getting up and talking and introducing themselves on a recurring basis. And 
for some people, and I don't mean this literally, I mean, actually going to a networking event requires bravery. Yep. Right. And here we yep. are entering a, a period where, uh, you know, this might be happening more and more. What, what I talk to clients about, because I have a lot of clients who say they're not good at networking or they don't like networking or they don't see the value in networking. And what I offer to people is to think about networking in the context of building relationships. So if you have a meeting with someone and you're thinking about just getting to know that person and building a relationship with them and having them leave the conversation with a little bit more knowledge about you and who you are, that's a successful meeting. And that takes some of the pressure off, if you will, where people feel like uh, some of the discomfort that people feel sometimes with networking. And I'll also say I, I do a lot of networking and I'm really good at it. And I'm also highly introverted. And so I also am a little intimidated by large events. So I usually try to bring a wing person with me so that I have a touch point throughout the event. And then I'm not out there by myself trying to connect with people solo. So I offer that as well. Oh, great. I love that. So as we're closing, Sarah, I'm wondering if there's any advice or observations that you had due to your bravery story of leaving your organization at which you were actively employed to start your own business or in the work that you do with women leaders to help them find their network and connect with their, you know, build their capital, as you described it. Any advice mm -hmm. or suggestions you might have for folks to think about? What I would say is there have been a lot of times in my life where I didn't take action because I didn't feel that I had the courage or the confidence. And what I am finding in retrospect is that confidence is an outcome, but it's not a requirement. So you don't need to feel confident and comfortable to be able to take the action. You'll gain the confidence after the fact. So there's that saying I heard recently, there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. Right. Right. Well, I love that model as well, that courage isn't required. It's the outcome. Yeah. Because I think for all of us, if you're going to be nervous or uncomfortable doing something, there's very little anybody can do to change that other than other than navigating through it well. And afterwards, you feel great. Yeah, because if you're doing something new, most people first time is going something's going to feel daunting and uncomfortable and you may not feel courageous and brave and you may not feel confident and that's normal because it's new and you've never done it before so it's to be expected fantastic well sarah thank you so much for sharing your observations about bravery as well as your bravery story do you have ways that folks can get in touch with you if they'd like to talk a little bit more about your topic i sure do so the business is spark hr solutions and they can find me online at sparkhrsolutions.com, or they can send an email to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at sparkhrsolutions.com. That's the best way to find me. Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks again, Sarah. It was great speaking with you. Thanks, Ed, for having me. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on CastBox, Overcast, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, Pandora. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.